Welcome to Dances FAQ, the podcast that gives you health information, keys for action and motivation, as well as tips for your career and well-being. My name is Alex Renier and I'm very excited to share all of that with you, artists, athletes and dancers. Hi guys, welcome back to the show. Today is the last episode of the Moulin Rouge series. In case you didn't know, I decided to dive into this renowned cabaret through three interviews. One with Aurore Oué, a former dance captain. One with Amanda Chapman, a soloist dancer. And this last interview with Thierry Outria, the living legend of the Moulin Rouge that has been working there for 46 years. He was a dancer for 15 years, the first dance captain of the male dancers, a soloist dancer, a singer, the assistant choreographer, and for the past 25 years, the stage director of the Moulin Rouge. In this episode, you'll get to discover the story of this cabaret, know more about French Cancan, and how the shows evolved throughout the years. A special thanks to Alexia Poe that put me in contact with the girls, and to Fanny Rabaz that made these interviews possible. I had a great time chatting with Thierry and listening to all the captivating stories and anecdotes. I hope you will enjoy that too. Welcome Thierry on the show. Welcome Alex. I'm really happy to have you here today. You are one of the specialists of the myth of the Moulin Rouge. Yes, I started 40, 46 years ago, you know, so it's a long time. It's uh, the, the biggest part of my life, you know, so yes, Moulin Rouge is, uh, is a part of me. So you were dancing on stage and then you continued your career in front of the stage? Yes, first I auditioned to be a dancer and uh, Miss Doris said to me, it was, it's okay, you know, so I started in the 76, I was a dancer in the line and I remember very well because I saw the show a few weeks ago before to start the rehearsals and uh, the show was just so amazing. I was at the army at that time, and uh, with all my colleagues, you know, and uh, we were watching a show on TV. And I remember because I, I was I did dancing before, so I was fond of a musical. But suddenly, it was the premiere of the revue for Le Mans and the Moulin Rouge. So everybody said, "Oh, let's let, we are going to watch this uh, special TV because a lot of girls, you know, will be on stage and it's, it's going to be amazing." So okay. Here I sat and I, and I watched the show and it was a beautiful show. So when I got the job, I was so pleased to be part of it. I started as a dancer, but few few months later, Miss Doris said, I really like you. Uh, you are very clean when you dance. You know, you, are, you never change a step. So there is no captain for the boys. Do you mind to be the, the first boy captain? And I said, Okay, but they are all, they are so, like, they are very old, you know, they are, they are older than me, they are 30, 36, some, you know, so I said, but I am only 22, maybe we're going to have problems, you know, with authority, authority, and she said, no, I don't think so, you know, just have to be diplomat, so yes, four months after my opening night at the Moulin Rouge, I became the first boys captain, you know, so it was a big deal, since then, I danced during 15 years, I was a captain, the dance captain for the boys and soloists, and Singers, so I trained a lot of people. Then uh, I became assistant choreographer, and I was with Amanda Lidl, you know, that you interviewed before, and uh, I was uh, doing Concon. I was teaching the Concon with her. So, and then I became a stage director 25 years ago. So I didn't need to be there every day, you know, for the for the main rehearsals, especially for the Concon. So Amanda carried on. And I was more focused on the on the show and uh, the premiere of Fairy, which 21 years ago, it was a big deal, you know, so big challenge. So it was worth, you know, take, taking a lot of time to do that. 
But of course, I danced 15 years ago on stage at the Moulin Rouge. I did the Concorde. Yeah. <laughs> Twice <laughs> a night. <laughs> so when we think about Paris, we think about the Moulin Rouge, you know, at the bottom of Montmartre, center of Pigalle. How does this story start? It started in 1889 when two businessmen, they had already the Olympia, they had a big, famous restaurant on the Champs-Élysées, And they decided, because it was the year of the Universal Exhibition, you know, and uh, they, they said a lot of tourists are, are coming to visit Paris. Millions of tourists are expected. So let's do a fun place where you could see dancers and you could hear music. Let's do a ball because people at that time, you know, the entertainment was more to, to dance together, you know. So they created a ball. And uh, they decided to do it outside Paris in Montmartre because Montmartre, the VAT was less expensive. So the, the life was cheaper. And plus, on the boulevard, there was a lot of small cabarets and restaurants where every night girls were dancing the French concours. So they said, okay, we're going to do something very attractive. So the Parisians will go out of Paris and they'll come to Montmartre, which is a V-Bohème for, you know, this, you think uh, everybody is, a, is an artist. But uh, on the top of the hill, it was the Sacré-Cœur, so it was like a big church. And down the hill in Montmartre and Moulin Rouge, it was like a sexual area, you know, red area. So when they created the Moulin Rouge, first they used a windmill because on top of the hill in Montmartre, there were like 80 different windmills for the plaster or for the floor. So, it, you know, it was a huge uh, windmills working on, 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 top, on top of the hill. So they decided to take one, to put it on top of the, of the Moulin Rouge, and then to paint it in red, because red is forbidden. You know, red is like sans interdit, you know, it's like, okay, it's like taboo, you know. Secondly, they, they did, they put electricity on the wings and inside And it was one of the first buildings with electricity in Paris. So the people, of course, they wanted to see the French Cancan and see, you know, the girls screaming and dancing, a forbidden dance. But they wanted to see electricity because it was the modernism. Down Paris, you could see the, you know, the windmills turning with electricity and it was red. And it was like, a, you know, come, come, you know, I, I expect you, you know, there's something forbidden. Pleasure is here. So to the Parisian, to the tourists. Come. And millions of people came, you know, when, uh, when it first opened. What about the French Cancan? Because when I think about French Cancan, I imagine Toulouse-Lautrec painting, I imagine France, but it's actually an English name. First, it was called the Cadre Realiste, which is very difficult to say in English, you know, even in French, Cadre Realiste, because four people were dancing together, two boys and two girls. And during years, people dance the cadre realist in all the little cabarets, you know, in Montmartre. And uh, then Celeste Mogador in the 1850, she decided, she said, it's quite confusing dance. Let's do, like for the ballet, you know, we have to teach. How can you teach the concon? So we, let's, let's do like ABCD, you know. And she created the steps. She created a code for the dancers, you know, to learn it. And it was so successful that... Um, One guy, he said, I will bring it to England. So they took the, the, the cadre realist, they brought it to London, and in London, they called it an English way. So they called Cancan, because Cancan is very rowdy. You know, the girls were screaming. It's like Chahut, you know, hey! the girls were screaming. And uh, French, because of course, it's coming from Paris, you know, and from France. So it was a, a pleasure city. So when they first opened in London in the cabaret with, uh, with the French Cancan, 
It was so successful because the girls were showing legs, they were showing, you know, the bottom, they were showing under the clothes. And then it was so disturbing that the government, the English government said, it's not possible anymore, you know. I mean, let's close all, all the places. French Macau now is forbidden in England. When the French people read on the newspaper, oh, there is a French dance forbidden in England. And they said, what is it? What is French Cancan? When they realized it was the old cadre realist, they said, okay, now we're going to bring it back to Paris and we'll call it French Cancan because French Cancan now is an, an international world, you know. And when these two men, Zidler and Oler, they opened the, the Moulin Rouge, they took the best stars in French Cancan, which is La Goulue, Jeanne Avril. They took uh, Valentin Le Désossé. They went in over little small cabarets and they took the best stars. They paid them a fortune and they said, okay, we want you in our cabaret. And this is how Moulin Rouge started. But two years later, when the Universal Exhibition was over, it was less customers, less tourists in Paris. So the Moulin Rouge started to go down a bit. So the two owners, they said to the painters in Montmartre, please, we need to do publicity. We need to put new posters all over Paris. Can you design things? So few painters designed a lot of things in the old styles, like when they opened two years ago, you know, and then to lose Lautrec because he was living behind the Moulin Rouge because he had a beautiful way of painting. He did a beautiful poster that we can find now in a Musée d'Orsay with a, with a goulue showing a, a bottom, you know, and everybody surrounding her, watching her. And in front, you can see Valentin Le Désossay in famous position. When Toulouse-Lautrec did this painting, everybody said, oh my God, this is so avant-garde. So they said, we're going to use this poster, okay, because this is brand new, it's avant-garde. So they started to glue it every night on the street. And the people, they had conscience. It was art. And every time when the posters were glued, it was still humid. They were taking the poster and bringing back home. So the Moulin Rouge had to, you know, to, to do posters over and over and over and put. But anyway, with the Moulin Rouge, La Goulue, because she was a star, and the painting of Toulouse-Lautrec, suddenly, two years later, after the opening, you know, the Moulin Rouge became what it is now, an institution. And how come it's still working in 2021 after all these years? I don't know what is in the mind you know, of the foreigners, but when they think about Paris, first they see the Eiffel Tower, they see the River Seine, and they see the Moulin Rouge. The Moulin Rouge is one of the biggest French institutions in the world. When people they come to Paris, they say, oh, I want to take a photo of the Moulin Rouge. Where is it, the Moulin Rouge? You know? So, yes, I, I suppose the Concans is because of the painting of Toulouse-Lautrec to repaint. He didn't only did one poster. He did a lot, a lot of paintings, you know, about the life inside the Moulin Rouge, the rehearsals, but the guests. I mean, a lot of people worked in the Moulin Rouge, so he was the first one here, you know, to design them. So the publicity was excellent. But I suppose for the quality of the shows too, when Mr. Clerico, which was my owner, you know, before my boss, uh, created uh, Frou Frou, the show was success so successful in 62, but he decided that all the show will be called with the first letter F, Frou Frou, Fantastique, Frisson, Follement, Formidable, Féerie, Femme, Femme, Femme. Yes, so it was a, a bit superstitious, but he was right, you know, because the people, they are really fond of the French concourse. The music of Offenbach is world famous. Mm. When, you, when you hear the music, na, 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 everybody's standing up, you know, and they want to participate. It's like disco, you know, it's like, I don't know, maybe, you know, the new fashion music. Well, you know, you can't stay seated, you know, and, and when you hear the French Cancan, everybody wants to throw legs 
all over, even if you're not a professional dancer. Because it's gay, you know, it's very happy. It's, uh, and maybe it brings all souvenirs, you know, that when in the, at the end of the 19th century, between two wars, between uh, world special events, suddenly the people, they needed happiness. They needed to be surrounded by music, to scream and to, to do forbidden things. Because at that time, when the, the French Concord started, the ladies were not allowed to show the legs. They were not, not allowed even to dance alone. So it took times. It took years and years for the ladies because when they first started in, in 1830, when the lady was dancing alone in the ball, the police came and took her and put her into jail. So the girls they had to be very feminist. They have to fight to contest uh, the society. And they, want, they wanted to be the equal of the boys. They wanted the same salary too. Thank God, in the past, the old dancers of the French Concord, you know, they were really doing um, political dance. It was a political dance, you know. Now, the girls are just professionals, so they are paid to do it. But at that time, they wanted the freedom, the freedom of the body, the freedom of the dancing, you know. Yes, they wanted uh, equality. Today, most of the girls come from the ballet industry. They have a classical ballet background. When the Moulin Rouge started, what kind of dancers were dancing there? No professional at all. You know, when it opened in 1889, they took girls, you know, from the streets. They were like uh, cleaning the, the clothes. They were sewing uh, costumes. They had ordinary lives and ordinary works. But uh, at night, these, those ladies, they enjoyed to go in the small cabarets, in the small restaurants, you know, and dance the concombre because it was forbidden. And they could get extra money, of course, you know. But plus, can you imagine when you are allowed to dance something forbidden, you know, and people, all the men were surrounding them and screaming and they wanted to see more and more, you know. So it was, I suppose, a very a fun time. So they were not professional at all, but they became professional doing it because of the Moulin Rouge, they wanted professional dancers. So the girls, they had rehearsals with Valentin Le Désossé. They had the formations, they had, you know, yes, rehearsals. Because when they first entered in the middle of the restaurant, it was not a stage as we have now. Before, it was just a ball. So the people were dancing on the floor show and suddenly the girls were screaming with the orchestra playing very loud. And they were screaming to tell the, the, the men, you know, open, open, we need the, the floor, you know, to do the concord. So he, he was there in the middle of the crowd doing high kicks, doing splits. And can you imagine for the audience, we are so close of them. What they love, for example, La Goulou was an expert with a boot. She was throwing away the, the top head of the, of the gentleman. So all of the gentlemen, they wanted to be very close to her, you know, because Goulou, La Goulou, do it to me, do it to me, get rid of my, of my top head. You know, so it was a lot of fun, yes. Now they are professional, of course, you know. So did it start as a ball set up? with the dancers in the middle and the audience around? Yes, yeah. but the French Cancan was not the, the full evening show, you know. The, the Cancan was coming after a lot of acts, a lot of dancing, a lot of uh, comics, a lot of singers, you know. The Cancan was the last part because everybody was expecting the girls, 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 can you imagine? So maybe they were coming at 11 or 12, uh, 12 o'clock at night, you know, very late. Like these, the people could stay a long time in the Moulin Rouge and, and, and drink a lot, you know, because it was the most important. It was a commercial place, so they had to drink a lot. The Concord is only um, eight minutes dance since when it started until now, we are still doing only eight minutes dance with, uh, what do you say, with formations with uh, 16 girls, for example. Otherwise, a lot of solos too and duets. The Concord didn't change since then. What's the rest of the show then? 
We do review, we know 64 people on stage and uh, we do tableaus. Means, for example, a big opening with feathers because uh, people they expect to see tall girls with feathers and, uh, you know, and, and, and jewels. We do it very well. And uh, so there's an opening and then there is a pirate number, very exotic, with a lot of feathers, with a lot of Balinese uh, sounds. And then we do a circus. And the circus is, is beautiful too because uh, we have a lot of different acts and solos and duets inside. So it's very light. And this is like uh, the life in a, in a circus, except it's done by dancers and, uh, and showgirls. It's extremely beautiful. The Kong Kong comes just before the finale finale, again, because people have to, to expect you know, the last minute to see the Kong Kong. And uh, after the, the Kong Kong, there is a big finale with the huge stairs, you know, and the costumes with lights, uh, favors, hundreds of favors, you know. So mm-hmm. the finale is, is just, okay, bye-bye, come back, you know, don't forget us. So where this act with the big stairs comes from? Because we could find it also at the Casino de Paris. It was really a, a big thing. I think it was created in the Casino de Paris, you know, with Cécile Sorel. I need an entrance like a queen, you know, what can you do? So the best thing, you know, is to do a huge stairs and here she comes step by step you know with an amazing costume you know like a cape behind whatever a folie bergère it was like 30 meters cape behind the, the poor little girls the star in front in the, in the Moulin Rouge 2 with Josephine Baker with Miss Tanguette Miss Tanguette in the 20s in the Moulin Rouge she had shows with 80 dancers around you know it was big big shows feathers nudity so it started then I suppose you know people they, they wanted to see the queen you know the star coming down the stairs which is something quite difficult to do because, for example, when Zizi Jean-Mer did a show in, um, in, in, in Casino de Paris, the stairs were really, you know, dangerous. And one in, in the middle, one was like 30 centimeters high. Imagine 20 centimeters, 20 centimeters, and suddenly one step with, you know, you, you, can, you can break your, your back. But she was really clever. She didn't want help with the boy's hand, whatever, you know, and she was just counting and singing. Because you need to succeed. When you go down the stairs, you know, you have to be graceful and, and get down, you know, correctly. So it's a big challenge for a star. There's also um, some tableau with animals. I know that you have uh, little ponies. Yes, yes. We have uh, pythons in the swimming pool. And, uh, and we have, uh, yes, little, uh, little horses, falabellas, you know. It's beautiful. People are clapping, you know, it's so fresh. Uh, they are beautiful and they are playing in the circus. And there's a python in the swimming pool and uh, the girl is like pretending, fighting, you know, with the snake. But uh, mm. it's beautiful too because uh, suddenly you don't expect an aquarium to be in the middle of the restaurant and you don't know, you say, well, where is it coming from? But here it is, you know, with 30 uh, cube meters of water, it's beautiful. Is that new or were the animals already introduced at the start of the Moulin Rouge? Miss Tanguette already had lévrier dogs, you know, very chic. And even in the past of the, of the Moulin Rouge, when I see the programs, I can see that monkeys in special acts, yes, dogs. It was so chic to see a naked lady, you know, with feathers and holding a lévrier. The lévrier is so beautiful. I suppose animals, like in the circus at that time, you know, it was very natural to have animals in a, in a show. Would you like to share a small anecdote with us? I was so happy at the Moulin Rouge when we were doing uh, special events, charity galas, you know, with Ginger Rogers, with uh, Jerry Lewis, with uh, Charles Navour, with uh, Liza Minnelli, you know, uh, Barishnikov. We received hundreds and hundreds of stars in the Moulin Rouge. And when you are an artist, you know, and very, I started as a dancer. So 
I had dreams, you know, is to meet the stars, but sometimes a lifetime is gone, you know, and, and you don't have the chance to meet the stars. But can you imagine when the stars are coming to the Moulin Rouge, you know, and you can see the rehearsals, you can be backstage with them, you know, you can see them after the show, you know, you can go out with them sometimes, like Latoya Jackson, she stayed five months in the Moulin Rouge, you know. Elton John sang, you know, and we were backstage with him. I will never forget when Liza Minnelli did a, a rehearsal, and at the end of, the sh- of her rehearsal, she just went out, she was full of water, you know, she was sweating and sweating, and here we were, you know, Four, four dancers in front of her and said, Liza, Liza, we love you, we love you, you know. And she said, oh, thank you so much, thank you so much. She sat down, she stayed two, well, two hours, you know, speaking with us. And we were like, a, it was like a family. And in fact, we were very pleased and we told her, you are a star, you know, you do big shows. And she said, no, no, I think you are the stars because you do two shows a night, seven days a week. This is something I could never do, you know, believe me, you do a, a stronger work than me. So it was beautiful to stay with her and uh, and do photos. And suddenly you realize that we, whatever you are a star or you are just a single dancer as we were, you know, we all share the same passion, passion of dance, passion of singing, passions of, you know, of, 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 uh, of music. It was just something unique. So we had the same with uh, so many stars, you know, who, who came to perform or not to perform, sometimes just to watch the show and going backstage like uh, Celine Dion. Uh, two years ago, she, she came to see the show and she went back, she went backstage and she stayed one hour backstage, you know, singing La Vie en with the girls, you know, uh, you know, giving kisses to the, the, some boys. Says, oh, you are! I love you! I love you! You know, suddenly we realize, yes, we we are happy. We do such a beautiful job, you know, we, which is full of patience, and we are lucky because we do it in one of the best places in the world, you know, which is the Moulin Rouge. Can you imagine, you know? When you're a customer and you come and see a show, you, you are pleased to say, oh, I went once to the Moulin Rouge, I, I saw the show. But when you're a dancer and you can say, okay, I've danced there, I sang there, you know, so I performed there, this is something beautiful. So can you imagine after 46 years, you know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Why does the same show stay for so long? Initially, no. You know, when they first opened Fou Fou, for example, it was one year show only because it was not enough, not so many customers and uh, it, it was only one show too. And then they realized the show was very successful. So they decided, okay, let, let's do a second show at, uh, at, at that time, one o'clock in the, in the morning. First show was 11. The second show was one o'clock in the morning, cabaret time. And then they said, okay, we, we do a new show. When they created a new show, they said a new revue at, at uh, 11 o'clock and let's do the old shows old show at, uh, at one o'clock in the morning. It was not, there are not so many costumes and sets, so it was possible to do it. Since then, I remember when I did Follement, who last four years, the show was just amazing, a lot of sets, a lot of costumes, so there is no room to do a second, a, a different show. So, then the publicity worked very well. Formidab, for example, last 12 years, we did Formidab during 12 years. It was a premiere. Nobody could think, you know, that a show would last so much. And when we opened Ferry, we thought we're going to change Ferry after eight years. So after eight years, the new show was almost ready. And then the show was so successful with two shows at night, 
you know, full of people that they decided, okay, we won't put all the money in a new show. It's better to carry on the production, you know, with Ferry. And 21 years later, we are still here. Of course, we're renovating the dance, the, the costumes, the dancers, I mean, the, the sets, you know, everything is brand new, the technology, big evolution in the technology. So, of course, uh, the show now is, is a bit different from 21 years ago. I remember my first opinion when I saw Ferry on the opening night. I was in tears, you know, but the, man, the management around me was in tears too. Too, because it was so beautiful, so light, so fresh. Then we realized then uh, before we closed for the pandemic, you know, it, we, were, we were full every night, two shows, and people were going out of the show, you know, saying, my God, I want to come back. I want to see it again. You know, it's so beautiful. I, I don't know. Maybe fairy will last 10 more years. You know, this is the best thing I, I wish to fairy is never to end up because it's, it's just Amazing, and uh, I wish Alex you could see it, you know, because it's yes. a because it's, it's it's not really it's a big success, and is in the musical history is the first time you know in Europe that the show lasts twenty one years. Fairy is a success. I, I think it's the al alchemia, alchemia of everything, you know, dancing, the music, the costumes. The first words, you know, the people give to us when they go out is just, my God, it's beautiful, it's amazing, amazing, you know, and we are so pleased. We are so pleased because this is what I feel every night watching the show twice, you know. It's, it's amazing. It's beautiful. So how has this been year for you? Because for the first time, you were not going to the Moulin every day of the week because of this pandemic. What did you do? Do you have new projects? It was very strange, you know, for New Year's Eve. I always worked for New Year's Eve during 46 years. You know, I said, oh my God, this is the first New Year's Eve. I will stay at home. And I, we, it was a lockdown, so we're not going out after eight o'clock, you know. So it was a strange, strange feeling, believe me. I got used not to, because I'm 67, you know, so I wanted to stop it at one point, you know. So I just realized it was like a, a small retirement Of course, I miss my colleagues. You know, I miss the dancers. I miss the music. I miss, I miss, I miss fairy. I missed it. But uh, suddenly, to have more time during daytime to to do other things is very interesting. I couldn't think really what I could do for my retirement because I'm still working in the Moulin Rouge. You know, and we are supposed to come back as soon as they call us. But uh, I have a lot of projects in my mind. Yes, I would like to do a lot of things and to visit my friends all over the world too. Yes, to take time and maybe to write my memories. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, thank you very much, Thierry. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. Thank you for listening until the end. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you hit the button follow or subscribe on the app you're using to get a notification every Tuesday when a new episode is available. To support the podcast, follow us on Instagram at DancesFAQ and share our content with a friend. Bye for now. Bye.